Welcome to episode 86. Today, you get to listen as I co-plan with two teachers asynchronously. Welcome to the Teaching Multilingual Learners podcast. This podcast celebrates teachers who answer the calling to serve multilingual students and their families. Your beautiful smile, your beautiful life are waiting for you to shine bright. It's never too early or late to start to rise up and shine. Your beautiful smile, your beautiful life are waiting for you to shine bright. It's never too early or late to start to rise up and shine. Every cloud has this episode has a special format. It's not an interview format that you're used to, and it's not just me talking at you. This episode contains recordings of my actual virtual co-planning sessions with an elementary school teacher and a middle school teacher, both from British Columbia, Canada. Craig Buble is the first teacher you'll hear. He is an elementary school teacher from Abbotsford, British Columbia. The second teacher you'll hear from is Rene Foucault. He is a middle school teacher in Coquitlam. They volunteered to co-teach with me and I've had it recorded and used for later in workshops at other districts. Craig and Rene volunteered to co-teach with me when I arrived in the district for professional learning workshops. But to co-teach, we had to co-plan. However, at the time of the recording, I lived in Vietnam and they lived all the way in Canada. So how did we plan together? Well, we use something called Voxer. It's like WhatsApp or Line or Messenger. It's a voice messaging system. I would send something and they would send something back and we would listen to it when we had the time. Now I've stitched them all together so you could hear it. As I play the recordings, I'll periodically stop to explain what I did and why I did that. Please know that each of these recordings were done over two weeks. When you hear the soft background music, this is me describing what I observed. The goal of this episode is to show you how I can co-plan. Let's see if you can figure out the structure and my pattern. As you listen to the recording, think about how I am forming the relationship with Craig and Renee. Notice how I'm using relationship building language. Can you identify the actions I take to make the collaboration more fruitful? Today, you get to be in the fly in the wall as you listen to us co-planning. Now, on to today's podcast. Hi, Tan. It's good to hear from you this morning. Thank you so much for saying the message. As far as my, uh, my context goes, I live and work in Abbotsford, British Columbia. I live on a side of town that has a really large number of, um, especially Indo-Canadian people. So at my school, there's a very large uh, ELL population as well. In my classroom, for example, I teach grade three, four. It's like 14 or 15 of my students uh, are ELL. So they see a, a ELL specialist throughout the week and I collaborate with him throughout the week. I have a class of 24 and yeah, I guess um, the only other thing I can really add is I have um, also spent a little time uh, overseas teaching English. I spent about four years living in Japan, um, which is why I kind of gravitated towards uh, teaching schools with kind of ELL po uh, populations. This is why I chose the, the place I'm currently at. 
not a problem. I totally understand. Reports are take take priority. Um, so just a quick question. Um, let's say by the end of our lesson on Wednesday, what do you want kids to be doing? Hi, Dan. I'm just adding a bit more to the uh, plan for the lesson. I said, because we're doing the review and I'm working with a, a, a younger class with my class, I thought what we'd do is a review of a book that my class would recommend to their their, their younger peers. So, you know, partly it's kind of contributing to their community to help um, kind of lift up those who are uh, younger than them and to, to help them kind of make decisions about what to read next. Um, I was also looking at our, our competencies for a curriculum and the one I'm going to focus on especially, it's called uh, planning, create a variety of communication forms for different purposes of audiences. So we're going to look at like the kids there, they're um, going to be uh, writing and reading too and think about, you know, their perspective and their, their reading level. Um, sticking that into consideration. Hi, Craig. And for that day, what are you thinking for in terms of lesson sequencing? Still kind of building up the actual uh, sequence of lessons in my head. Um, I'm just finished up my reports tonight, so hopefully I'll get more and more done tonight and tomorrow. Uh, more when I can. And if it's about reviewing uh, a synopsis, have you heard about um, SWBS? It's called like, someone want, wanted to, but so. It comes from a book called When Kids Can Read What Teachers Can Do. So let's say, say like if it's frozen, it would be like Elsa, which is the somebody, wanted to be free and live authentically. So she left her um, castle. She left her, her home to live by herself. So I've used that with high schoolers all the way uh, down to the elementary school kids, and they really understand that easy concept and framework. Hi, Dan. Um, as far as what I hope my students to get by the end of the lesson, um, I think the big one is the synopsis. That I think is kind of the harder one for them to kind of talk about what the story is about, but not also just tell the entire story, which is what I was talking about my students with when we watched um, a, a show just uh, yesterday. I... We'll look at the um, SWBS thing. That looks really cool. And the thing I was using so far, which I'm actually kind of combined with that nicely, I've been using a program called Story Champs. It's an oral language program. And the, the basic story structure in that, uh, I was talking about with my kids, using that, like the first half of the story structure, to kind of build a synopsis. And it's, it's basically character setting and problem and maybe feelings. And I just talked to my kids about how you would have those parts but for the synopsis, you wouldn't go as far as the action to solve the problem or the ending or anything like that. But I'll, again, I'll look over this WS and see how that works. It seems like it might be a bit more thematically related, which the other one I, I'm using is more just the literal here, like things that literally happen. And I was kind of wondering how I could get more of a um, kind of a, like my students to reflect on the, the, the themes and ideas in the story rather than just the literal happenings. So that SWBS might be more what I'm looking for. So thank you for that. I'll choose today and tomorrow story that we've probably already read this year and kind of do like a teacher example and have the kids pair off and then practice kind of like copying what uh, you and I have told them about summarizing. And then I haven't thought much further than that, to be honest. But the basic uh, learning target I want to do is, you know, I can summarize a story. So that's kind of the main focus, even though a review we're doing will involve like author and illustrator and all that kind of stuff. The main learning target will be I can summarize a story.
Okay, I got it. So we'll maybe use three books. The first book is, well, all those three books will be a, a book that the kids are already familiar with. The first book is the book that we'll model together. The second book is for kids to do it in small groups. And then the last book will be students applying the strategy by themselves. What do you think? I think given that it's only a 30-minute lesson, and with, with this group, there's always anxiety about uh, the, the like language or new concepts. Um, and also there will be cameras that day. Probably what we'll get out of them is just the, uh, the, the thing we model. And also time will be used to like introduce you as well. And, um, what's happening and then working with pairs and then doing a presentation, you know, of uh, like two or three pairs model for the rest of the class. And I don't know if you used it where you are, but it's a learning target kind of poster to kind of show like, hey, this is what we're aiming for and where did we get, what can, what did we do well, what did we need to improve and kind of share what we were able to do in class before doing anything individually. And individually I'll, because I'm, I'm actually really excited about this whole thing now, I want to keep going um, through to Christmas. This will be kind of something we spend a little bit more time on, go deeper at this lesson and others, and then use it for, you know, the next few weeks or so. Model it, have them pair off from practice, and we help them out with that. We get a few people to present. And I'm thinking given the lesson time, that should fill up the entire time. Oh, that's a great idea. Adding the target poster, or I call it success criterion, is so great. So do you, do you want to lead that since you're familiar with the target poster more than I am? Yeah, I think the thing... So, yeah, I don't want to like focus on too many things for the target poster, but mostly it'll be, um, I think, the structure of the synopsis is like, did they get all the parts in there? But we'll focus on for that. That'll make everyone at the district happy too, because they're they're really pushing the target posters. Yeah, no, this is really exciting. So I'll try to write up something today or tomorrow, and just get it kind of in my head, and then um, I guess we'll try to communicate more about it. But it feels like this is kind of come together good so yeah thank you so much this is really fun not a problem i also agree this is super fun i have a question where would you like me to be how would you like me to support instruction for that as far as yeah where you'll be in the lesson um hopefully you, you can be right up there because i think the kids would really get a kick out of that um like seeing different people and i'm sure they're a bit tired of me going on and on every day in front of them so it'd be nice to have a, a new face in class they're they're a pretty cool group of kids so they'll probably appreciate it a lot I might also be kind of in and out because I do have some uh, two or three kids who uh, behaviorally need a little bit of assistance. I don't always have an extra person in class like an educational assistant. So I'm, I might be popping in and out and, uh, with someone. Is it okay that I start my part with a little bit of a game with the kids so for them to get to know me and I, for me to get to know them and to break the ice? Yeah, that'd be awesome. They, they like to move and, and have fun. Um, and I can be around for those who might, you know, struggle with controlling their bodies too much. That will be a really good introductory activity, though. So that sounds good. And yeah, um, so I got to run. But uh, um, when I have information um, about my, my lesson plan and everything, I'll give you some more info. And uh, yeah, can't wait to see you uh, on Wednesday. I have one last question. As we're, we work, I wanted to know what are the books, the two books that you want to use. I will create a Google slide to help uh, add the visual scaffold to the lesson. You can just give me the two names. I'll send it 
uh, I'll put it on a Google slide and I'll send it to you and give you editing abilities as we work on it. Thank you so much. Hi, Renee. Happy holiday. Happy 2020. I'm so excited to be coming next, next week soon. So um, let's start planning maybe Thursday, Friday of this week, Saturday, uh, so that you, so that we can confirm uh, the plans, because I know that our plans shape up closer to the week. So I'm excited to see you. Bye. Good evening, Chan. Yeah, I'll be letting you know soon what we'll be, uh, what we'll be teaching. It looks like it'll be on uh, a music reviewing uh, it'll be actually our, the introductory lesson to that uh, so how to persuade someone to listen to a song and i have a couple songs that i like to to use to introduce um the uh the unit um i'll let you know closer to the day and uh, i'll see if i can send you a, a lesson plan oh fun music as a way to get kids to understand persuasion how very clever renee i will um, I, I wait your lesson plans. Don't worry. Just wait until the end of the week. That'd be great. Happy week. And I heard it snowing up there. Enjoy it. Hey, Renee. I just uh, read your lesson plan, and I love it. So detailed, very organized, and it makes a lot of sense. What a fun lesson to listen to music and try to think about the the meaning behind it. So I guess we're in finding the theme. That's maybe the the standards as well. I know that you have um, kids. Is the sequence going to be uh, play a song, kids talk, discuss as group, play a song, kids talk, discuss as a group, and then they do that repeatedly for three 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 rounds. Hi, Tan. Um, the goal, I guess would be to have the students uh, listen to the songs uh, two times. Uh, the first time would be, first time would be to uh, just to listen and then they would discuss with a partner or a group and that's all I was hoping for some input from you of what you think would be best. Um, traditionally I would just assign partners but um, I'm look, looking for other ideas or we can, I can use a randomizer or um, we can pair them up um, any way that you see fit. And then after listening to the song once, yes, they would discuss with a partner. And then the second time through, they would be able to listen to the song once again, but with the lyrics uh, and then have a second discussion. And then after that discussion, kind of open it up to the class to, uh, to uh, gain some insight. And then finally, I would reveal uh, what the real intentions or what the artist's motivation was behind the song and then go through that twice. So once with the uh, the song, uh, I Don't Like Mondays by Boomtown Rats and then repeating the process one more time through um, Phil Collins um, in the air tonight. Uh, after that, um, the, the whole point is just to kind of set the stage for them to um, to learn about uh, a song maybe in, in a little bit more in depth because they're going to be applying that to uh, persuading someone to listen to a song um, and that song could be something that has a story behind it or something that means something personally to them uh, i've just chose these two two songs because of um, uh, the first one being um, just a unique song that uh, doesn't necessarily sound like its meaning and then the second one is actually based on a rumor 
uh, from when I was a kid uh, about the, uh, the Phil Collins, and I just thought it was an interesting urban legend to share with the kids. Um, and then, yeah, that sets the stage for the next lesson, which would be them actually learning how to uh, use the idea of persuasion to persuade someone to listen to a song of their choice. Uh, I got to read it. Love it. Great idea. They discuss, we can help them by printing out the lyrics of each of the songs for them, and then having them annotate uh, what each of the like, things that they noticed about the song like what they liked about the song or what was possible meaning because I know that they're you're looking for it looks like like the two things there are one we have to find the meaning of the song and then two we have to talk about um, why my people want to listen to the song so uh, so the first part let's get kids to annotate let's print out the text for them and annotate uh, what do they think that each of the part of the song means what and I what I can do is I can model like this their first stanza of one of the songs that you, the Phil Collins song, or one of the songs that the first song, whatever song you're going to put up, I can model, I can take a stanza and I can model what I'm annotating. And I'll show them how to do that. And then we'll repeat the process with the second and then the third. Is that okay with you? And to answer your question about the groupings, since we're not going to uh, have multiple levels of text, the kids, kids can just be in heterogeneous groups. Are they in? groups already how they're seated hi renee i'm so excited about our lesson it's really coming together i created the lesson slide deck for us so that we could so that we can sequence our we can collaborate on the sequence of our plan um, i also created a little youtube video to explain it for you uh, more clearly and so it's visual as well uh, please let me know if this is possible and please feel free to add and modify and change things as you need uh, i i accept the document as uh, anyone who, have, who has the document can edit, so edit away. But this is the lesson. Um, I'm going to start off with, after my introduction and my little game with them, I'll share with them the content objective, the language objectives, which I got from your document. And I thought um, if we're going to have them listen to, if we're going to have them listen to the lyrics and talk about the lyrics, we can have them annotate the text like this. And I have, when we annotate, we can do something like kids can summarize, kids can give opinions, and then kids can annotate for questions. These are the three ways. It's called sock. I was thinking also, in addition to your two songs that you provided, um, I was thinking of uh, doing a, like a whole group one or uh, guiding them through, and they can select uh, two songs one from The Greatest Showman or one from Aladdin. And it's, uh, you familiar with this one? This is me and Speechless from Aladdin. And the way I structured it is that um, we, would, we would do this, each of these tasks, um, we would prompt them, we would prompt them, and then there are things that they have to do here. And here are the uh, sentence frames that might help them understand it better. Um, and then we have them in there, we have them group write the meaning of the story together. So we'll do that as a group. Thanks, Tan. You read my mind about uh, who's going to be teaching what, when. Uh, that was going to be my next question. And um, I would have said the exact same thing. So uh, thanks very much, Tan. Everything looks uh, really good. Um, some really good ideas to get the, um, 
the lesson started. Um, yeah, so I will add the uh, the meanings of those two songs. Um, based on time, we might have to cut out the the second the song by Phil Collins, which is uh, sometimes I do anyway. Uh, the the first song often creates a um, a lot more discussion um, because the the meaning is is actually quite sinister about a, a girl uh, who um, was involved in a school shooting. And um, but the song is quite upbeat and poppy and it doesn't quite match. And so that creates a lot of conversation. So um, I'll just be aware that I might have to eliminate the second song, but I'm quite happy about doing that because the what you've added to it is, uh, is, is so great. So thanks very much. And I'll add that information to that doc. This has been such a great co-planning experience, Renee. The school is very lucky to have you. Uh, thanks again for setting up the the slides and uh, I'll put my part in today and uh, of course you can share anything uh, that we've done. Um, thanks very much. This is a very interesting way to collaborate and I really enjoyed it. Uh, thanks again. Before we recap this episode, I have a favor and an invitation. My favor is to ask you to please review this podcast if you found it valuable so that teachers like you become inspired and informed in their advocacy work. My invitation is for you to enroll in my scaffolding learning or teacher collaboration courses. I've taken the principles that I've learned from experts in the field. I've applied them to my classes. I kept the things that work and I'm sharing all of them in these courses. I hope you consider enrolling. Now, onto our recap. Listening to these two co-planning sessions, what did you notice? The first phase of the collaboration was me trying to determine the content, the process, and the product of the lesson. This required that I ask a lot of questions. The second phase was me taking on the logistics of planning the lesson after we agreed on what the overall structure was. When I did that, we made the lesson super clear and scaffolded with visuals. Designing the lesson slides is a form of co-teaching. I built in the scaffolds instead of telling my partner they should do it. Lastly, as I designed the presentation slides, I can find different opportunities to lead the section in the presentation, thus giving me an avenue into co-teaching. Those are the things that I did as the co-teacher, but the relational things are just as important. I asked questions to determine the goal. My suggestions always tried to meet my co-teacher's goal. The co-teacher always has the final say on what actions to take and what things to discard. I took on a lot of the work by creating this presentation slides. Most importantly, I built on their ideas instead of completely suggesting new ones, thus making them feel more valued and validated. All of these things are what Sir Ken Robinson would say, we're creating conditions for optimal growth. For all of my co-planning sessions like this that actually go on with my colleagues, not always, but the things that are front and centered are the principles of creating a positive relationship and the intention of building on what my partner is offering to the collaboration. I leave you with this metaphor. Be like the river when you co-plan. 
bend and flow with the landscape, and over time, the land will be shaped by a gently flowing river. Thank you for listening. I'll see you soon. Be safe and be rooted in peace. It's your turn to play Traffic Light Teaching. Tweet at me either your red, yellow, or green light from this particular episode.